spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. On maps, is kind of like taking a balloon and when you squish on one end, it moves the other end out or in or whatever. And they, uh, So when you start looking at how we're going to have to redraw these maps, when you push and pull on the, the balloon, just like it would be on these maps, it, it affects and can potentially affect all the areas of the state. It suddenly occurs to me that Judge Jones took that balloon, stuck a pin in it, uh, when he ordered the Georgia legislature back into special session. Hey, y'all, redraw those district maps or I will. Uh, legislative and congressional districting, redistricting, special session next week. That was our conversation with Madison County State Senator Frank Gann uh, some weeks ago. Uh, now we're a week away, a week and a day away from that special session, legislative and congressional redistricting. Two members of Athens House delegation who will take part in that session in studio with us this morning. Republicans, both Houston Gaines, Marcus Weedauer. Gentlemen, thanks for riding out this morning. Hey, good morning, Tim. Morning, Tim. Thanks for having us. Uh, Marcus Weedauer, Representative Weedauer, to you first. And to Senator Frank Ginn's point there that, yeah, we're going to confine the judge's order confines it basically to a couple of different places in the state. The congressional district up around the North Atlanta suburbs likely to be a problem for Congressman Rich McCormick. Uh, and legislatively speaking, I think down around middle Georgia, Peach County, Houston County, that area, some concern about the way those maps were drawn. But Senator Ginn's point is is that if you start drawing, when do you stop? And could you affect more than you are intending to affect? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what <clears throat> we'll be looking at next week when we go back in a special session. And, you know, Tim, the, the biggest focus that we have is making sure the voters aren't confused with who they're voting for or where they're voting. Um, we want to make sure that everybody has the ability to get to the polls appropriately. And, uh, you know, that's our biggest concern right now is our constituency and making sure that they know what's going on as well. Same thing, Representative Gaines. I mean, how, for lack of a better way to say this, could this thing get out of control? Well, certainly, you know, the judge was fairly specific in the areas where he where he had, uh, uh, I guess, issues with the map that we had drawn, which certainly we are appealing that ruling and, and we disagree with that ruling uh, but we are going to follow the judge's orders and do what we're supposed to do. Uh, but when you, to your point, when you affect one area, it's impossible just to touch one district. Mm. You will affect other districts. Uh, certainly our goal is, 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 as Marcus just pointed out, is to contain as best we can and try to limit how many districts we touch. Uh, but when you affect one district, it changes a bunch of districts around, especially talking about a congressional district where we only have so many in the state. Certainly, you're most likely to have changes everywhere. Um, and so that, but we're working to limit that. Uh, and, and certainly, as Marcus said, when we get back to uh, session next week, that will be our focus. Our number one priority is going to be making sure that voters uh, are, are, are taking care of making sure that, that we limit confusion and that we're uh, but also trying to comply with this order of Judge Jones. I mean, there's obviously a clock on this. I mean, we vote next year. It's an election right. year. We start voting now, not not that it won't affect many of these races, but the presidential preference primaries in March, for example, and then you get around to the business of, of, of choosing your state lawmakers, your members of Congress. I mean, there's a clock on this. Well, it, you know, by December 8th, we will have our maps completed per the judge's orders. But then the judge will have time to review it, and, and then it'll be up to him whether he accepts the map that we draw or whether he orders a, 
a special master to draw those maps. If that happens, to your point, I mean, we're going to be running into qualifying in March. Um, it, this thing's going to, to move very quickly, uh, and it's going to confuse voters. That's one of the challenges with this court order redistricting, uh, is that, that voters are going to be changing districts in the middle of an election cycle. Um, and so that's why, again, we continue to appeal this ruling. Uh, we may not know that till the 2026 election. So there's a real possibility that we have court-ordered uh, lines for next year, and then we revert back to, in 2026, our current lines, because we strongly believe uh, we we are in the right on, 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 on the maps that we passed uh, in 2021. Now, let me understand, Representative Weedauer, and, and if you don't, that's fine. I don't, but I, I, I need to know and, and should know. Uh, the status of Georgia vis-a-vis the U.S. Justice Department and its oversight, it, its regulation, its veto power on maps that are drawn here. What can the, there used to be Justice Department of oversight of everything. You want to move a precinct across town, Justice Department could could speak to that. There's been some changes in that in recent years, and I don't know how much uh, how much we're depending on Steve Jones, Judge Jones, or or ultimately the U.S. Justice Department. Yeah, it's ultimately going to be left up to Steve Jones. Um, we, you know, again, as Houston said, I mean, we strongly believe that we drew drew good maps. Um, we'll continue to appeal that, but it is going to be in his hands ultimately to decide whether or not the maps that we produce by December 8th actually meet his criteria that he's laid out in a 500-page document, which is obviously in and of itself has taken us a while to get through mm-hmm. to make sure that we, you know, check every box that, uh, that you know, that make sure that we are addressing his concerns so that we're compliant. Uh, but again, I feel like we have uh, done that previously and will continue to take that stance. Uh, my understanding is that the University of Georgia and, and some folks there over the years have had a lot of say in, in, in how the maps are initially drawn. And you folks obviously legislatively uh, approve maps and, and sign off on them. But but you're not sitting there with pencil and paper in hand and drawing <laughs> these things. It comes to you, right, as a no, matter of process. That, that's right, Tim. And, and, you know, we've said it to you before. I mean, when this, this process began a couple of years back, you know, whatever whatever we were handed, we were ready, ready to represent. We're just looking to do what's best for the Athens greater area. You know, it's a it's a blessing to be serving here and, and, and representing this area. And look, we you know, we just had faith in the process, and, and that's exactly what's going to happen here. Well, Representative Gaines, again, in studio with us this morning, State Rep. Marcus Weedauer and State Rep. Houston Gaines, if I'm a Democrat in a town, where voters vote reliably 65% of the time for Democrat candidates. If I'm in that town and I look up and I see my legislative delegation uh, containing five Republicans and only one Democrat, I'm screaming bloody murder about that. Uh, now, now, conversely, as a Republican, I would applaud the folks who are able to make that happen. Uh, the question is, how do you sustain that? I mean, how does that pass muster? Well, it's it, you know, one, I think there's several points here. It's one, if you look at Marcus and myself, since we're the two here in the studio, but other Republicans in our delegation, uh, we have a lot of folks who may normally vote Democrat that support us. And so we have, uh, we do have folks that are, are supporting us uh, on both sides of the aisle. And I think we're both proud of that. And you especially, you're in a district that, I mean, you've, you've won a race, lost a race, won a race. I mean, it's it's a district that theoretically is in play. No, I mean, that's right. It's both both Marcus and I lost mm-hmm. in 2017. We won in 2018. It was close in 2020. Uh, you know, in 2022, and what you've seen is our margins have gone up and up and up as, as we've been in office because I think voters care about folks who go and do what they say they're going to do. They deliver on what they've uh, talked about in the campaign. And so that's why I think you've seen our margins. We both won by almost 20 percent last time. Uh, because we've done what we said we're going to do, and that's why you've seen 
uh, you know, several precincts in Athens that we win in Clark County, which is unheard of for a Republican. And uh, we're really proud of that. And so I think that that's one point. Another point is uh, Judge Jones did not outline this area at oh. all in his order. And so I think that's very clear. We comply with the Voting Rights Act. We've done our job with uh, redistricting, and we're going to continue to, to do that as we move forward through the special session. Speaking of which, I mean, you mentioned the most recent re-election campaigns. There's another one next year. Uh, anybody in this room not running for re-election next year? I think we're think we're both there. Both of you going to run, just to yes, get sir. that out of the way. That is a concept that I have bandied about uh, for years. I like the idea because when you buy your house, you know what the value is. There are two times when for. I know what my house okay. is worth, is when I yeah. buy it and when I sell it. And then you can budget accordingly. Conversation with State Senator Bill Cowser about a week and a half ago, a property tax proposal the legislature may take up. Uh, the legislative session that begins the second Monday of January, January 8th. Two members of the Athens House delegation in studio with us this morning, State Reps Houston Gaines and Marcus Wiedauer. Republicans both. Senator Bill Kalser there. Uh, it's an idea that I gather is going to get at least some discussion, Representative Gaines, uh, regarding property taxes. Uh, assign the property tax rate based on what you paid for the property as opposed to what some assessor thinks it might be worth in a given moment. Any thoughts on that? Well, kind of like Senator Kowser, this is something, you know, I've given some consideration to over the last few years as well, uh, because to your point, you know the value of your home when you buy it and when you sell it. And um, it's it, the way we do property taxes is very confusing, you know, where you're taking 40 percent. And I mean, it's one of the most confusing formulas. I don't know that most homeowners uh, are able to understand the formula that is used to actually calculate the property taxes. And so that's something, one, is simplifying it, two, looking at, you know, do we freeze the value of your home when you, when you purchase it? I think there's a lot of merit to that idea. Uh, you know, over the last couple of years, uh, Marcus and I and the rest of the delegation have worked on increasing the homestead exemption in both Clark County and Oconee counties uh, to provide some tax relief. We also passed legislation that provided a billion dollars of property tax relief that homeowners would have seen on the property tax bill if they had a homestead uh, this year. I know on my property tax bill is about five or six hundred dollars of state provided relief to offset the increases in values we've seen locally, but that's only going to be temporary. So what we've got to do is find long-term solutions to, to, to at least stabilize property taxes, ideally lower them, uh, because they have skyrocketed over the last few years. And certainly I think this is uh, one idea that has a lot of merit. Again, we also need to simplify the process so you can understand how do you get your valuation, how do you get your property tax bill at the end of the day. Uh, and so those are some of the things we're going to be looking at. My strong hope is we are able to pass uh, much-needed property tax relief and property tax reform this coming session. Meantime, Representative Weedauer, and you're in Oconee County, you'll be affected by this. Something I gather uh, you worked with the Oconee County Commission on, and, and they're working on it now, get it out in front of the voters next year, uh, to uh, dramatically, I say, increase the homestead exemption over the coming years. That required, I gather, legislative input? Yeah, I mean, going back to what Houston said with the confusion of things, right? This is a homestead exemption that's been so confusing in Oconee County for so long. They've done a lot of work to try to simplify that, but Unfortunately, what that creates is because it was so confusing, 10 different questions on your ballot. And if one of those 10 questions does not pass, the whole thing goes away. Um, so, I, you know, we've been working very hard with them to make sure that they understand that we, there's got to be a really uh, a big kind of campaign to get out there and make, people, make sure people understand that, you know, there are going to be five questions basically getting 
rid of how it used to be done and five questions of simplifying it. Wow. Uh, but uh, with 10, I, I was not aware it was that complicated. With, with 10 questions, it's going to seem very confusing, uh, very, very complicated, like they're almost trying to make it more complicated. But <laughs> I can assure you they've worked very, very, very hard to not only increase the homestead, but to simplify it. Taxes in general, uh, Senator Kausert on this Senate committee, I don't know if either of you are involved on a House committee level, but but the senator on, on this committee that's looking at the tax credits, uh, and we, we, we say that and immediately people think about the film tax credit, there are plenty of others, uh, and, and the idea, and it may come to you folks in the House at some point, Representative Weedauer, is, is to revisit at least some of these, if not the film tax credit, and maybe that one, but maybe some others as well. Where are you on all this? Well, I mean, I think everything needs to be looked at, right? Are we getting the return on the investment that we're putting out there? Is it is it helping Georgia? Is it helping our local citizens? I mean, Houston and I both worked on tax credit projects that do help us locally, right? I mean, with, with the foster care program that mm-hmm. I, I put forward, uh, helping programs like Lydia's Place, the, the sheriff's organization tax credit that, that Houston put forward. You know, we're both very interested in that. And, you know, obviously the state has done very well economically, so we can even have those conversations. But in doing well economically, we have to go revisit the ones we've pa- passed in the, in, in, in the past and understand and make sure that we're getting the return on investment that we put forth. Uh, Representative Gaines, is the film tax credit a sacred cow, or do we need to look at that one too? I think we need to look at everything. Everything needs to be on the table in terms of, uh, the tax credits that we put forward, this is really us appropriating money. And what we need to decide is, are we getting a return on the investment that we put forward? These are taxpayer dollars uh, that, that, again, I really see it as almost appropriating money, even though it is a tax credit. That's money that, you know, the state isn't collecting. And so uh, what we need to do is make sure that the the, the tax— And, the, and the, the theory is, in theory, and it works in some instances, uh, you're, okay, you're, you're not collecting those taxes, but the jobs are— Taxpayers and, That's right. and, and they're contributing to the. That's right. So you know, if, if the tax credit's working well, you're you're making more money mm-hmm. uh, in in revenue by by additional jobs um, and, and property taxes for local governments. I mean, there's all sorts of potential return on investment, but that's what we that's what this committee's doing. That's what we've got to do is look at every single tax credit we have. There's billions and billions of dollars in tax credits in the state, and some of them are great, uh, but we have to take a hard look at them. And I think you're going to see. Uh, some some reform of of our tax credits when we return to session this January. Yeah, to, to wade into and, and and Representative Weedauer's point about foster care and the tax credits that were extended there uh, takes me into a different place here. Uh, and and for a brief moment, the abortion conversation. It is noted, and I don't know what you folks in the legislature can do if anything about this, but it's noted that an abortion cost only a few hundred dollars, an adoption cost into the tens of thousands of dollars. I don't care what you believe about abortion, woman's right to choose life the rest of it. I think everybody has to see that's backwards. It, it is. And, you know, we talk about being pro-life, which I'm proud to be pro-life, but we've got to also talk about uh, pro-life for the, the 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 entirety of a human being. And that includes adopt, adoption, foster care reform, what Marcus did with uh, the, the foster care tax credit. That's significant. That's providing resources to, to entities that need that, that funding. And so we've got, to your point, Tim, we've got to make adoption easier in this state. 
Um, those are some of the issues that we've we've made some progress on over the years, but we've certainly got more work to do. Uh, but we also see Representative Weedauer for all the work on foster care, massive issues with DFAC, Senator John Ossoff at the federal level looking to address that. Uh, where are you on, on carrying that ball even farther down the field? Well, I'm definitely committed. I've been going at it for five years now and certainly have no intention of stopping. You know, the, the, the Senator Ossoff um, – Hearings, we'll call them, uh, are kind of interesting to me. I think Governor Kemp has done a, an incredible job of putting people in place to really start to right the ship with defects. It's interesting to see some of those people that have been removed from that uh, testifying at Senator Ossoff's hearings. Um, it seems like there might be a little bit of an axe to grind there when somebody's actually trying to make change. Instead of settling for the status quo and letting these foster children sit in care in, in terrible situations where we run off good quality foster parents, can't keep them in the program, can't keep it funded well enough. Um, so, you know, I think we are, we are squarely focused on, the, on improving that situation. Um, and the folks that uh, want to get in the way, then um, I'm going to continue to um, battle that. About 30 seconds, if that, from each of you. Uh, Representative Weedauer first. Something specific you're going to work on this session, about 30 seconds. Well, that's one of them. Um, I mean, I've, I've carried an aggravated circumstance bill for foster care for several years. Um, I've made incremental uh, mo <laughs> moving forward on that. It's something I will continue to carry mm -hmm. as, as we go forward. Representative Gaines. I'm going to continue focused on public safety. We continue to have a problem with our district attorney here locally who's not enforcing law, not doing her job. So that's going to remain a top priority as well as increasing the pay of law enforcement and other public safety issues. Yeah, now the special session, a week from tomorrow, November 29th, uh, you're saying about a week uh, to get the maps redrawn. And then the regular session, as we have said, first Monday in January, January 8th, uh, the 40 days and 89s that you people <laughs> spend in Atlanta every year. Representative Weedauer, Representative Gaines, thanks for rolling out this morning. Best of luck. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to the both of you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, Thanks Tim. Tim. 727. Classics in today, the very briefest. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.